Damn on a show that talks about time traveling Bigfoot and alien sex cults. This is serious journalism, people. Serious. <laughs> this time, this, this like- time we mean it. If you think that there are not birds that are not <laughs> real, you're a moron. I do have a superstition that Satan and his minions yes. interrupt mm. technological yes. connections when conversations are getting yes. particularly interesting or, or important. At this point, I'm not throwing these weirdos out because maybe they're telling the truth. Why does everything have to be a hidden conspiracy where the <laughs> motives aren't really clear? Where you can't tell what someone's intentions are from their words. Why, Abby? Why? I, I feel like you're just not answering the question. It, there is a pattern here that is definitive, and mm-hmm. this leads us to the CEO's response, yes. which is not the way that you Amazing. want to play being accused of in a conspiracy theory. Glowing metal things that are moving in impossible speeds and impossible directions, defying laws of physics, showing up over battlefields, showing up over important historical events for all of history. This is Chekhov's gun, you guys. It's the gun that's been sitting on the mantelpiece since Act 1. It's Act 3 now. I'm waiting for it to go off. and welcome to Conspiracy Pilled Season 3, Episode 17. Did Sam Altman create a sentient chatbot at OpenAI? I'm your host, PJ Williams, and with me, as always, is Abby Libby. How are you doing, Abby? I'm great, PJ. How are you? I am enjoying recording this <laughs> intro for the third time. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening to this later, this is why you tune into live, because we have had uh, all kinds of tech issues. Obviously, we're talking about AI tonight, and the AI is taking over. It does hate us. Uh, it's been, it's been fun. Um, uh, before we get into all of that stuff, let's give a quick shout out to all of our wonderful, wonderful supporters. Uh, so over on locals, we have T plan of V T plan of one, I think is how it's pronounced with a three month support. So appreciate you for that. Uh, PT Lux, a new yearly supporter. And I think that was a gift from answered Seder. So thank you. Answered Seder as well. Uh, and then over on Odyssey, we have Just In Time 077. So uh, appreciate you guys for coming over and supporting the show. And a uh, quick shout out, last last chance to get in for tomorrow night. We are doing uh, a very or a, a very unhinged conspiracy Christmas over on Locals and Rockfin. Uh, there's going to be giveaways. We're going to be doing all kinds of news stories and uh, re- reacting to videos and stuff you sent us. There's going to be some fun Christmas-related stuff in there. So... Uh, try to be there live for that if you can, or just come over and support and get it. Uh, listen to it whenever you want to. Uh, but uh, with all that out of the way, Abby, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about the question that's kind of been spinning around conspiracy circles and spinning around tech circles, which is interesting how much crossover this has gotten into like mainstream tech conversation, that the reason for the recent drama over at OpenAI where Sam Altman, the CEO, was mysteriously suddenly fired and then rehired like four days later was because they developed ascension ai they developed that, ultron they fired tony stark and they're like crap we need tony crap, stark back, back to like fight ultron is that what's so, going on i don't know so well i do know but i'm not going to tell you oh, i'm going to okay. bury the lead uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the question that's the question we're going to get into but we need we need to do a good bit of of uh, of history and backstory before we can get get to the actual question. 
And for people who are really into AI and who really understand what's going on, this this episode might seem a little um, remedial, but that's because th- this is exactly the episode I need to hear. Um, and I, I think the majority of people who who are just kind of kind of paying attention to AI, but but don't really understand every single little thing that's going on all the time in, in tech world. This is this is the episode for you. Okay, let's 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 get into it. Okay, we're going to start with a little history of the company OpenAI. And we need to start this story by introducing you to a cast of characters. So character number one is going to be Sam Altman, the CEO and former CEO of OpenAI. Wait, is he CEO, former CEO, and then re-CEO? Is that... He's current CEO and former CEO. That is a, that is an amazing yeah. title <laughs> and 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 co-founder. He's one of the co-founders. Gotcha. And then we have another co-founder and the current president and former president, Greg Brockman. Gotcha. And then we have the current CTO and former CTO and former CEO, Mira Muratai. You don't have to There's keep track of, of their titles. A lot of shifting around <laughs> for for a little while there. But yeah, this is the chief technology officer over there. And then getting out of OpenAI for a second to a couple other characters, we have the founder and former CEO of Google and Google's parent company, Alphabet, Larry Page. And he looks so normal. He looks like a Pixar character. He looks like a Pixar villain. Yeah, yeah, that that's... Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> And then we have the CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella. Okay. And of course, we all know Elon Musk, founder and CEO of several seemingly random and unconnected companies. Yeah, seemingly. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to definitely talk about that. All right. So let's, let's get into the history. In 2014, Google acquired a company called DeepMind, which is an AI research lab in the UK. And with this acquisition, Google, Google suddenly had 75% of the people in the whole world who, who were capable of making AI. And they also had more computers and more computing power than any other company in the world. In addition to having 75% of the, of the AI talent and all of the computers, they also had enormous, enormous amounts of money on hand uh, just the ability to pursue AI in a way that nobody else had the ability to. to. No other company was seriously competing. Google, Google in 2014 was on a path to completely monopolize AI. I think you also missed that, that one of the other things that they had at the time, too, was a list with just one name on it. And it was uh, John Connor. Oh, yeah, that, like that, so. that too. <laughs> okay. This is where Elon comes in. So six months ago, Elon did an interview with Tucker Carlson, and they talked about AI. And in this interview, he talked about where things were in 2014 and his perspective on what was going on in 2014 and why it scared him what was happening. So we're going to play a clip. Yeah, and I think this is one that people have seen a lot of 
like are quoted quite a few times over mm -hmm. the years, right? So yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just getting that pulled up. I mean, the the the, the reason uh, OpenAI exists at all is that um, Larry Page and I used to be close friends, and I would yes. stay at his house in Palo Alto, and I would talk to him late into the night about uh, AI safety, and at least my perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough. Um, and um, what did he say about it? He really seemed to be what um, once once sort of digital super intelligence, basically digital god, if you will, uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that. Yes, he's, he's made many public statements over the years uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, uh, what's called AGI, artificial general intelligence, or artificial superintelligence. You know, and I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And so if, if you've got some um, radical new technology, you want to try to take the set of actions that maximize probably it, it will do good and minimize probably it will do bad things. Yes. Um, it, it can't just be health leather. Let's just go, you know, barreling forward and, you know, hope for the best. And then at one point uh, I said, well, what about, you know, we're going to make sure humanity's okay here. Um, <laughs> and 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 um, uh, and then he called me a speciest. Uh, <laughs> did he use did he use that term? Yes. And there were witnesses. That I wasn't the only one there. Awesome. He called me a speciest. And so, yeah, yeah, I remember this interview yeah. because we did an unhinged episode called Elon Musk and the Digital God, mm -hmm. uh, based off of what he said here and and uh, his acquisition of Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think we're going to be able to explain and expand on what we what we started there in that unhinged episode and kind of go over it again and maybe make sense of it a little bit more. Yeah. And, and you said earlier, like, this is an episode that if you're like super into AI, maybe it's a little remedial and a lot of people aren't like, I'm one of those people. Like, I feel like there was things that I was looking into back then where I understood the the need for the data acquisition. I feel like we kind of got into like the purpose of it. And we were able to mm -hmm. predict some stuff that later just became public knowledge when it came right. to like that, like what Mark Zuckerberg did and then, you know, relaying that to what Elon did. But uh, as far as AI goes, like the reason that this episode I feel like is important, that the reason you want to do it and the reason I had asked you to do it is because uh, there's so much, like this is a never ending like stream of information that everybody's just kind of expected to keep up on and everybody just kind of looks at everything like everything is ai now and i've been having mm. these conversations with people lately it's like like everybody's calling everything ai because it's the the buzzword and nobody even knows what it means yeah 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 I'm not sure I'm going to be able to fix that, but we're doing our best. <laughs> so this is where we are in 2014. Google is on a fast track to completely monopolize this new technology. Elon is looking at that and looking at the fact that Larry Page has no interest in humanity. He, he, he The idea that you should try to preserve humanity over the interests of the super intelligence, he calls Elon a speciest as if all forms of intelligence should be considered equal and we shouldn't prioritize humanity over whatever thing we create, which is right. insane. I don't know what, what kind of person would be actively trying to build something and not be wanting to be the master of it. Yeah, I mm, not yeah. be concerned about how it's going to act. 
I think, I mean, he called it the digital God, but it, in a lot of ways, it feels like Larry Page is, is trying to be God. Yeah. Way, right. Like he's yeah. he, like, because if he creates the life, he, he's the God of this life or whatever that he created, uh, then in his mind, it has equal or greater value to, to human life. Th there's been a lot of like, uh, messaging going in this direction for a while. I've talked about the game Detroit become human before, but like the point of the game, it, it was like emotional and stuff like that. Cause in, in a lot of ways you relate it to like how humans treat each other, but the actual message of the game is the AI life has equal or greater value than human life. <sighs> yeah. So that's, that was 2014 in by 2015, um, Larry Page is actually out as CEO, CEO of Google. Um, and the current CEO of Google is Sundar Pichai. I don't really know where he stands on any of this, but Google kind of drops out of this story in a, in a lot of ways. In December 2015, though, out of concern for what Google was doing, Elon Musk, Sam Altman, Greg Brockman, and three other guys who I don't consider important to this story uh, founded OpenAI, and they announced it very publicly. And they founded it as a nonprofit, which is wild, and they founded it to be open source. The mission was to ensure that AI would be developed in a way that would benefit all of humanity and not just a corporation. So the idea was this effective altruism idea um, of, well, we're just going to, we're going to donate millions and millions and millions of dollars to build this AI so that it won't hurt humanity instead of letting the evil capitalists do it. Yeah. Well, we saw effective altruism <laughs> in effect yeah. in the news a lot over the last year. Yeah. People, people might have forgotten Sam Bankman freed, but uh that was his whole thing, the guy that embezzled like thirty two billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. color me skeptical right. off the bat about that. But that's that's how they set this thing up. The idea, you know, at least ostensibly the the motivation, the intention was good in the beginning. Ostensibly. Ostensibly. However, in December 2018, Elon left OpenAI, taking his $1 billion investment with him, and OpenAI immediately got into bed with Microsoft, and Microsoft replaced Elon's $1 billion. And when he left, Elon gave the excuse that there was a conflict of interest for him with OpenAI because of the self-driving AI stuff he was doing over at Tesla. But no one really believes this was the actual reason he got done with OpenAI open because he allegedly tried and failed to take over OpenAI before he left. And the general consensus in the, in the commentary in the tech community seems to be that he did not like the direction shift that OpenAI was taking into building large language models, which I'll define in a minute, and what necessarily comes along with deciding to build a large language model, which is needing tons and tons of money and needing to turn for profit. Mm. So this is this is where Elon parts ways with them. Unclear exactly like the exact reasons why he walks out the door, but those are the, those are the things that are shifting in OpenAI when he tries to take over and then walks. Gotcha. Okay, large language models are, according to Amazon. Very large, deep learning models that are pre-trained on vast amounts of data. The underlying transformer is a set of neural networks that consist of an encoder and a decoder with self-attention capabilities. 
So I don't know how else to explain this except that it's it's a thing that needs massive amounts of data to to exist and to be trained and and grow. Massive amounts of human data, like uh, social media engine or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So OpenAI, for example, has a contract with Reddit for a lot of data mm. for the the large language model that undergirds ChatGPT. So training training a large language model AI is extraordinarily expensive, like hundreds of thousands of dollars per day expensive. The estimate is that OpenAI costs $700,000 per day to run. And that's Im- impossible for a nonprofit organization to sustain. Sure. So when they took this term, when they were like, we want to build a large language model and we need this amount of data to train it and we need this amount of money to train it therefore we need to go for profit this is where elon walks do you think that like like legitimate question do you think the whole nonprofit origins thing was like a gimmick from the beginning like they had to have known that this was going to get expensive if they wanted to do what they i don't know to do with it right i don't know if they knew large language model was the direction they were going in at the time i don't know i understand enough about it to to know sure like, I don't even know if they know in 2014 what that is and that it's possible. You know what I mean? I'm, I don't know. Um, but after Elon left in 2019, OpenAI developed a for-profit arm. So they're still kind of a nonprofit in some ways, but they have a for-profit carve-out. And even that can't make unlimited profit. It's capped. Gotcha. So no investor can make more than 10 times their investment is the idea, which is still pretty good, right? <laughs> For an investment. Pretty good investment. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. And even after this in 2019, they stayed largely under the radar. And I had never heard of them. Most people had never heard of them until the fall of 2022, when in quick succession, they released Dolly to the general public on September 28th, 2022. <laughs> I'm tripping up over a lot of the language. Dolly, is that uh, a little like trash cleaning robot? (laughs) Dolly is is the the before Mid Journey one where you could input a prompt. Uh Mid Journey is a different company, but Mid Journey is better at it than Dolly Dolly was. But Dolly is the one where you could input a prompt and you could get a whole bunch of different images off the prompt. Sure. Okay. I knew people who used that. I was yeah. making a stupid It was joke. super, I know. <laughs> it, it was super viral on Twitter, but I think a lot of people were just like, oh, this is a fun novelty thing. No one, sure. No one that I knew was like, oh my God, AI. You know what I mean? No, because when people were first showing it to me, it was just like the, like you said, just this novel little thing like, yeah. hey, I can make Santa Claus uh, kicking an elf in the nuts or something like right, that. Right. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. I can make stupid, silly pictures that don't really yeah. look very good. Um, but, if you'll remember, this is where um, some really creepy stuff came out of. People, some some of the prompts into Dolly produced some really creepy demonic imagery. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, and we, I think we talked about it on an unhinged mm-hmm. at some point. But then ChatGPT comes out on November thirtieth, twenty twenty two. So a full year ago now, we've had ChatGPT for a full year. And ChatGPT was what really made people sit up and, and realize that, that AI was actually happening. 
you suddenly there's this thing that you can talk to who, who can give you answers to things. And then we discover that it's like hallucinating sometimes and like telling you falsehoods or making things up or, you know, there's, there were so many weird, creepy conversations that, that went up all over the internet with ChatGPT. And then that, that all kind of enters the public and is talked about and grows and all of that. Last plot point before we get into the craziness that happened last month is May 16th, 2023, Sam Altman testified before Congress and called for government regulation of AI development. Which is not super typical that you see the person who's developing the thing asking the government to regulate it. Mm -hmm. Which makes me think that there's still either he thinks that the regulation is going to help him and slow his competitors down, right. which, is a, which is a solid option, or he's still serious about AI safety. Or a little bit of both, right? Like... I don't I don't want to bend these rules to go faster and I don't think anyone else should be allowed to either kind of a thing. Yeah, it is a weird thing because I think it's I think it's kind of both, right? Where it's like like let's to give someone the benefit of the doubt. Like if they're saying, "Hey, we should slow this down for safety, but also if we're not, I am going to rush headlong into this because I need to be the one in control." I have to be first. You know, like yeah. you put this in uh, you know Oppenheimer terms. I need to be the one in control of the nuke. Yeah. Like maybe if we all slow down, then I can ease off a bit. But like until then, I am going to be the person in control of this thing because the yeah. alternative is that someone else is, and I, I don't trust them. Kind of thing. Just just to give it you know. Yeah. The most charitable take, but yeah, I, I have questions about this because again, we did that episode with with Elon Musk. Where it was like, hey. Uh, you know, he's, he's the one who said some of the most crazy things. And we played that one clip for a second ago, but he mm -hmm. also said, I can't remember half the stuff he said about AGI where he was like, you know, this is, could be the end of the world type stuff is what right. he's saying. Right. Yeah. And also while he's calling for the end of, you know, the, the moratorium on AI, he's developing his own. Company. Yeah. And we're going to talk about all that for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, worth noting here that while Sam Altman is just asking for regulation, Elon said in that interview with Tucker that there should be a whole AI regulatory agency in our government. He wants a whole new agency for this. Yay. Yay. Okay. Those always go well. Let's get into part two. So I think this, this probably passed under the radar of normies. But for for the tech world, there was a massive shakeup last month and people were freaked out. And this is what happened. Um, couple plot points that may or may not be related. On November 9th, Microsoft temporarily restricted access to ChatGPT uh, to all their employees. And there's a, an article from LinkedIn that I pulled about this. The gist of it is that in an internal update, Microsoft highlighted security and data concerns and cut off the use of several AI tools, including ChatGPT. Um, 
ostensibly, this is just all a, a privacy and security thing. It's all internal to Microsoft. Noth- nothing about open OpenAI, just a glitch inside the company. It's a temporary thing, and they turn it all back on pretty quickly. What kind of raises my raises a red flag for me is just the timing of it with everything that's going to come after in the in the following week. On Got November, this was November tenth. That was November 9th. November 9th. Okay. Yep. On November fifteenth, Sam Altman tweeted this tweet. We are pausing new ChatGPT Plus signups for a bit, frowny face. The surge in usage post-Dev Day has exceeded our capacity, and we want to make sure everyone has a great experience. You can still sign up to be notified within the app when subs reopen. So they had just had a development day presentation thing, and the idea he's putting forward here is that because of all the excitement after Dev Day, there's so many ChatGPT Plus signups that they have to slow it down. However, this is the 15th. Again, red flag for me just due to the timing. Because on the 16th, things start to happen. Sam Altman speaks at the APEC Summit. And I'm going to play just a tiny clip of what he says at the summit and just pay very close attention to what's kind of buried here. ...to work on. And on a personal note, um, like four times now in the history of OpenAI, the, the most recent time was just in the last couple of weeks, I've gotten to be in the room um, when we sort of like push the front, the sort of the veil of ignorance back and the frontier of discovery forward. And getting to do that is like the professional honor of a lifetime. So yeah. that's just, it's so fun to get to work on that. Okay. And it's remarkable though that... All right, yeah, so I was a little quiet, guys, yeah. but go ahead. I'll highlight what he says. So he says four times... Over the course of OpenAI's existence since 2014, so four times since 2014, he has got to be gotten to be in the room when they make a major, major development. And he said the last time of those four times was just a couple weeks ago when they made a major. So okay, so he's saying they made a major move there. Yes. But when they were closing down, you know, oh, hey, we just exceeded the amount of people that can be on this site right now, blah, 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 blah. Like that corresponded with the major thing that he didn't say what it was. It, may, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe okay, the timing is, is exactly what he says it is. So mm-hmm. it's the timing on pausing signups could be exactly what he said it was, that because of Dev Day, everyone was just so excited and everyone's trying to trying to sign up too fast and they had to slow it down, maybe. But he's saying in this meeting, hey, a couple weeks ago, we made a massive breakthrough that really pushed back the veil of ignorance and pushed forward the frontier of discovery. Just keep that in mind. One of the four major breakthroughs he says that they've made as a company. That same day, after he gives this speech, that same day, he gets a text, Sam Altman gets a text from the board of OpenAI containing a Google Meet invitation for a meeting the following day. So you have to assume here that the contents of that meeting are decided this day right? on the 16th. Okay. 
So what happens on the 17th is decided at least on the 16th. Mm-hmm. Because this is when he, he gets this meeting invite. Um, of note here, the OpenAI board is still a nonprofit board. So even though they've, be, they've become for profit, you have this tension inside the company of a nonprofit board still having power over a for-profit company, which tends to be a couple different ways of really looking at how to do business. Mm-hmm. And you're and that I think explains a lot of how things play out mm-hmm. because of how nonprofit boards think. So on Friday, November 17th, during that meeting that he was invited to, they fire him. No one knew this was coming. According to Microsoft, and Microsoft is, of course, a major investor in the company, um, Microsoft was informed one minute before the meeting where the board fires Sam. Nobody else had any, any heads up except for Microsoft. Um, as soon as they fire Sam Altman, the co-founder and president, Greg, Brock, Greg Brockman, immediately quits. And he was the chairman of the board. So the the board fires him over over Greg's against Greg's will, and he he right. walks too. So they lose their CEO and president one fell swoop, and then they put out this blog post on their website announcing what's just happened. They say Chief Technology Officer Mira Muratai appointed interim CEO to lead OpenAI. Sam Altman departs the company. Search process underway to identify permanent successor. I'm going to skip a couple paragraphs here where they're just talking about how great she is. Here's all they give for reasoning. Mr. Altman's departure follows a deliberative review process by the board, which concluded that he was not consistently candid in his, in his communications with the board, hindering its ability to exercise its responsibilities. The board no longer has confidence in his ability to continue leading OpenAI. In a statement, the board of directors said, OpenAI was deliberately structured to advance our mission, to ensure that artificial general intelligence benefits all humanity. The board remains fully committed to serving this mission. We are grateful for Sam. We have utmost confidence in Mira, blah, 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 blah. So all they really say as far as why they suddenly fire a CEO that is well-loved and well-respected, not just in his own company, but in Silicon Valley in general, is that he wasn't super candid with them, wasn't entirely candid with them. Which is pretty something. vague, but I, I noticed something in this statement here, and maybe I'm just ignorant yeah. on this, so fill me in. I was under the impression that we had not reached AGI, that it was not a thing, no, that haven't. it was a, a future possibility, like mm-hmm. theoretical, right? Well, they're, they've been the whole That's point. That's their, their goal. Yes. It's always been their okay. goal. Yeah. So the mission of the company that they're saying, hey, basically, it sounds like they're saying, we can't fulfill our mission as a board unless we fire Sam. And our mission as a board is to make sure AGI benefits all humanity. It just, it just I don't know. To me, it just sounds weird to say we want to ensure that it continues to benefit our, it doesn't say continue, I guess. That was yeah, the thing to that ensure that me. it does. Yeah. To ensure that it does. Eh, it's, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. 
It, the whole the whole it's statement's not AGI weird. AGI right now is my point. Supposedly. Supposedly. Like yeah. officially, it's not artificial general intelligence, and we can get into what that is, I guess. But like we will. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is all they do. They 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 this massive shakeup in Silicon Valley, and this is the only explanation given for it. Gotcha. As soon as the news breaks on Friday, because they do this on a Friday, and as soon as this news breaks on, on Friday, November 17th, Microsoft stock drops. That's how seriously people took this. That Microsoft has invested a lot of money in OpenAI. OpenAI suddenly fires its CEO. Microsoft stock drops. Gotcha. I got to pause you really quickly. Okay. So again, this for this is for people who are, are going to be listening to this later. Uh, we had this whole shake up in the beginning where we had to like restart the intro of the show. Uh, but during that time, there was this uh, wonderful person in our chat that's named Thai Guy Burgers and Fries that said uh, if, he, if we got enough likes, he would record a death metal cover of the Conspiracy <laughs> Pilled theme. And then yes. he just dropped us a $10 rumble rant saying death metal cover of Conspiracy Pilled theme is completed and ah! sent. Hope you either enjoy it or make fun of it. <laughs> Side note, can confirm Ohio is real. It's, it's uh, not. I mean, it's not. And I know because <laughs> I go there all the time. But um, <laughs> we are definitely going to be playing this after the show in the Rumble yes. section. So uh, this is another reason to come over and watch us live. Besides all of the outtakes that you get, uh, we do uh, just chat with people and read memes. And uh, I guess we're going to be playing death metal covers of the Conspiracy Pill theme tonight. So yeah. thank you. Thank you, Ty Guy yeah. Burger Fries. I'm excited. <laughs> As a uh, death metal fan myself. So, Thank awesome. you. The following day, Saturday, November 18th, Mira Muratai, the CTO, she's she's interim CTO, um, and in a memo goes out to employees from Brad Lightcap, the COO. And I'm just going to read this memo. Team... After yesterday's announcement, which took us all by surprise, we have had multiple conversations with the board to try to better understand the reasons and process behind their decision. So even the top level executives are like, we're trying to get the board to explain to us why they did what they did. These discussions and options regarding our path forward are ongoing this morning. We can say definitely, definitively, that the board's decision was not made in response to malfeasance or anything related to our financial, business, safety, or security slash privacy practices. This was a breakdown in communication between Sam and the board. Our position as a company remains extremely strong, and Microsoft remains fully committed to our partnership. Mira has our full support as CEO. We still share your concerns about how the process has been handled and are working to resolve the situation and will provide updates as we're able. I'm sure you're all feeling confusion, sadness, and perhaps some fear. We are fully focused on handling this, pushing toward resolution and clarity and getting back to work. Our collective responsibility right now is to our teammates, partners, users, customers, and the broader world who shares our vision of broadly beneficial AGI. Hang in there. We are behind you all 1,000%. So. <laughs> ah. The next day, November 19th, this is, the, this is Monday. First thing, no, I'm sorry, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday, November 19th, Microsoft announces that they're hiring both Sam Altman 
and Greg Brockman. So, hold on. You're you're really breaking up for me right now. Okay. Is everybody else able to hear you all right? Or am I coming through okay for you? I, I can hear you fine. Yeah. All right. You just came back fine. Okay. Um, so what you're saying is Microsoft is saying, hey, we have full confidence in Mira. We're, we're giving tons of money to OpenAI, but also we're going to hire the people that OpenAI fired. So like yes. that's that's kind of a weird yeah. position to be. And I'm not saying it's a weird move for Microsoft. It makes it seems to make sense. Makes they want to hire like this tech genius, this Silicon Valley mm-hmm. billionaire, but like a uh, very weird position to be in, I think. Yes. So they announced that the next Monday morning, because Microsoft hired Sam and Greg, when the stock market opens Monday morning, their stock immediately not only recovers from the dip it took mm. Friday, but closes that day Monday at an all-time high. Microsoft right. stock has never been higher than that moment. Yeah, so again, it was the smartest move they could have possibly done after like, yes. hey, Sam Altman's fired. We lost a ton of money. Let's hire him to our company. Like. Mm-hmm. Again, because they're they're like funding OpenAI, but they're not they don't own it. Correct. Yeah. Okay. They have some deals for access to certain stuff, mm-hmm. and they own forty nine percent of it. But no, they don't own it outright. Yeah. Outright. Okay. <laughs> also on Monday, Mira has made in the last couple of days she has made her loyalty to Sam clear. So OpenAI rushes to replace her as interim CEO because they really don't want anyone in power who's loyal to Sam for some reason. So they announced the new CEO is Emmett Shear, the former CEO of Twitch. Hold on. I want to make sure. Is, this, is it this guy right here? The the picture you sent me? This guy? Yes, this guy. The former CEO of, of the failing company known as Twitch? Yeah, that, that guy. Why? Well, because he Twitch was... Twitch had such a good thing going <laughs> that they were growing like tenfold year over year until they decided to shoot themselves in the foot and become irrelevant. That Twitch? That Twitch. That's smart. The... um. This is the weirdest power shakeup so far. I know there's so much more to it's this story. It's so weird. But it's so weird because it's like the, the official story supposedly is it was a power shakeup or whatever, right? Why why then fire Mira? Like it, her loyalty to, to Sam Altman is that important? They're going to f- hire the, the failing <laughs> business leader of Twitch? And the, 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 the only reasoning that I, I could find that was anywhere near explaining this is that He's one of the only CEOs in the world who has run something this big with with into the ground almost into the ground, but (laughs) has done it, has done it and has experience with the kind of things that they were hoping to do the the community stuff and and the, you know, scaling something. And he was unemployed, probably the only person anywhere near that level of CEO who is currently unemployed. As someone, as someone who is permanently banned from Twitch right now, I obviously don't pay as <laughs> much attention to uh, the Twitch analytics or the the company's growth as I used to. But when I was a t- regular Twitch streamer, like I was, I, re- I, w- I remember during the pandemic they started to fail. Like literally, when people are at home with nothing yep. to do but watch other people play video games, Twitch started failing. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny to me. It is. It's hilarious. I I think it's. 
it kind of highlights where the board is at. And, and we're going to get into maybe more of like what they could possibly have been thinking. But I think that they snapped up the only person who was remotely qualified and remotely available. Right. And okay. willing. Yeah. Captain of a sinking ship was their best option. That's what I'm saying. I, th- yep. I think so. And this is when a bunch of employees um, at OpenAI get together and write a letter to the board. They're like, uh-uh. This letter says, to the board of directors at OpenAI, basically, you're idiots. We have absolutely no confidence in you. To You're completely incompetent to run this company. Signed by 667 employees. I thought you were going to say 666 employees. So close, right? So close to 666. First person on the list, Mira. Second person on the list was a CEO, Brad Lightcap. So top to bottom, the company's like, "Uh uh-uh, absolutely not. This represents more than half the company. And this letter basically says, "If, if, if you don't, fix this and every one of you resign we will and you'll have no company open ai was around 1200 employees yeah yeah Yeah. no this is this is over half and not easily replaceable employees when you're talking about people who are capable of developing ai and 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 working towards agi which is what their goal yeah yeah yes so at this is where OpenAI is like, okay, we made a little oopsie. So they tweet out, we have reached an agreement in principle for Sam Altman to return to OpenAI as CEO with a new initial board of Brett Taylor as the chairman, Larry Summers, and Adam D'Angelo. We are collaborating to figure out the details. Thank you so much for your patience through this. So this entire board is gone. What happened? What happened? I don't want to understate before we kind of get into like why this this happened. Um, what a massive role Microsoft played. Mm-hmm. Because to date, they have put an estimated $13 billion into OpenAI. They own 49% of OpenAI. And this is why Microsoft's stock was so affected by changes like CEOs and hiring and firing. Sure, yeah. Um, and, and Microsoft really demonstrated in all this how much power they actually have over OpenAI. Because right. all yeah, they had to do. I was going to say is because yeah. like until you told me that Microsoft owned a, a large chunk of it, I didn't know that Microsoft was related to OpenAI at all. At all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, did. like I'm not a, I'm not into the tech stuff. Just like when we talk about crypto stuff, I wasn't super into the crypto stuff. So it takes a little bit more research and, and uh, backstory that some people who are like in those worlds already have. But mm-hmm. like I just was not aware of that stuff. So uh, I think that's probably safe to say a fair majority of people are not aware of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know. I thought I thought Microsoft was just a straight up competitor who was mm-hmm. swooping in and getting Sam Altman and, and Greg Brockman, but no, no, they're they're very much um in bed together, these two companies. Sure. So one underlying thing that that every tech commentator 
brings up uh, to explain what happens here is that there are two main schools of thought about AI safety among people who want to develop AI. So obviously there are the people who don't think it should be developed at all. Those are those people aren't included in these two schools of thought. These two schools of thought are one is to release it slowly, release AI slowly. So develop a chatbot, put it out there, edit it, work on it, L- look at like what issues it has in the real world, fix mm. them, and it, they call it iterative development. So they just do a little bit at a time, release it slowly. The problem with this that the other side disagrees with is you're putting something out there and letting the world test it. If you accidentally put something out there, kind of hard to put it back. Right, yeah, yeah. So the other side of this, the other school of thought says, sorry, <laughs> baby's been like making my ribs really, really sore. <laughs> and it's really <laughs> hard to... Yeah, kick Abby ooh, in the ribs, baby. Oh my gosh. It's not even like a kick. It's just like a constant... Ah, uh, anyway, sorry. It's just okay. like a constant nagging pain in your side, kind of like... Yeah. Kind of like how I feel about... Yeah. About you sometimes. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So the second school of thought says, no, don't release it slowly. Build it in the lab and test it and test it and test it and perfect it in the lab and then release it all at once. These are the two exact same schools of thoughts in video games. And uh, the first one is winning. And I think it's the same in AI as well. Yeah. 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 So Sam is of the first school of thought. This, this, um, the effective altruism school. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just, I, th- I think I had a different understanding of what effective altruism was, but this is the label that's put on the camp that Sam is in that says, hey, we should release it slowly. One, one of the tenets of effective altruism is that we should develop AI and release it slowly. Um, I'm sorry. No, I have that backwards. Iterative development is the side Sam Altman's on. Effective altruism is the build it perfect in the lab first. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, sorry. What does that have, like uh, legitimately? What is the, does that? What does effective altruism have to do with that? I guess because I'm still thinking about it in like the in the Sam Bankman Freed way that like was how everybody was introduced. To I that think concept. the general idea of what effective altruism is. Think of effective altruism as a religion. I and do. Then one, it's, uh, yes. it's like a communist-like religion yeah. is what it sounds it's like. It's a communist-like yeah. religion. One of the, like, build build the AI perfect in a lab first so we can make mm. sure it doesn't hurt humanity is like the Calvinism of okay. effective altruism. Okay. <laughs> like, it's not part of the religion, but it's just like one of the tenets that they hold. And Sam of... Bankman-Fried isn't actually Arminian, but because he's not Calvinist, he'll get called <laughs> Arminian. I got exactly, it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yes, <laughs> for for whatever reason, that viewpoint AI, on AI is tied up with effective altruism. S- Sam Altman, too many Sams, too many Sams. Too many. Sam Altman, Mira, Greg Brockman, and, and pretty much the, the people who are now in charge of OpenAI are on the side of iterative development. Build it, get it out there, see what's wrong with it fix it, update it, on and on. Sure. And there's a pace with that, that they've been putting stuff out very, very fast. 
And and there's I I I get both sides of the argument, right? On the one hand, you're like, look, we're going to we're going to hopefully take smaller risks, a lot of smaller risks, putting things out there little by little. And one risking, you know, whatever happens each time, but also the idea is that you're giving society, you're giving the world a chance to a chance to adapt to AI slowly. And the build it perfect in a lab people are like, no, we're going to perfect it and then we're going to put it out there all at once. And the iterative development people are like, but if you give a fully formed super intelligence to the world all at once that yeah. can do jobs better than humans, the the, the shock of that is going to be so destructive. At least maybe we can mitigate it a little bit, putting it out little by little. I'm I'm in the first camp that you spoke of. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the iterative development like, one? Yeah. No, I'm no. in the first camp you spoke of. Oh, that is don't like do it at all. Like, don't do the AI don't do it. at all. Don't do um, it. <laughs> like legitimately, I'm in that camp. Yeah. But if I had to pick between the two, I totally understand the iterative development one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're yeah. they're both ignoring the with development though is also like there's no shock to the to the awfulness of what this thing is and we just slowly get slowly. used to everybody's gonna give up their jobs and be replaced yeah. by AI and live in the pods so like again <laughs> either way this is why I'm first camp <laughs> either way both yeah. sides of this are bad but the idea yeah. here is that the board was largely perfected in a lab and Sam was keep keep releasing it um and he was putting it out p- putting updates out there bam bam bam, sure. bam 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 and the board was like can we just not can we slow down can we ah and sam's like no full full steam on all the little things was this why you were saying that there's uh, an importance understanding the difference between the the non uh sorry what was the word the non not not for profit board Mm-hmm. Because yeah. GPT is making money, money. It's paying the bills. Yeah, it is. It's how they're continuing to develop AGI because everybody and their moms using Chat GPT to like organize their notes at work at this point. Right? Yeah, and people are actively giving feedback. Like, this is how you can make it better. This is how you can make it better. And, and that is- saves you on testing. It like, does. Because again, I'm going to release back to video games really quick because I have friends in the video game industry. And like a lot of people like me are like, you know, we've seen really good video games come out at the wrong time where they were, mm-hmm. everybody was expected to test it. And then by the time they fixed it, everybody moved on, right? Yeah. And nobody gave a crap about the game anymore. The game tanked. Yeah. And I've talked to my friends in the video game industry and they're like, well, look, like people are doing this because paying video game testers is very expensive and it's timely and yeah. you're going to sit on a video game for eight, 10 years before it comes out with the way that technology is and how like much is expected. And then it's outdated. G- yeah. GTA 6 is going to take 15 years to Jeez. be to come out. No, like legitimately it is. And they can do that because GTA 5 had online what brought in billion dollars a year, right? But like mm. other companies don't have this, so they have to release it and let people test it in beta and alpha and then beta and, and all this stuff and they'll just be tested forever there's games i'm uh playing with friends right now that i've been playing with them for years that are not finished they're still in beta testing and like yeah. we're kind of the guinea pigs of the game but That's like funny. it works for some games but my whole point is like that it, when you're looking at this in a profitable sense especially with chat gpt which is different than a video game right it's it's yeah. a different you know it's not just going to be replaced by the next you know, sequel a year or two from now, it makes sense to let the public 
do a lot of that thing that you'd normally have to pay people for. Pay people Instead, for. they're paying you to do someone's job that you'd have to yeah. pay them to do. Yeah, yeah. people are paying OpenAI they're paying to test to do a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's it makes a lot of sense to me. So this is this is what most of the the tech commentators focused on, like as if this completely explains it. But here's where we get into the conspiracy a little bit. Reuters puts out this article and I have questions about this article. I don't like it as a piece of journalism and I think you'll see why, but here's, here's how it goes. Open AI researchers warned board of AI breakthrough ahead of CEO ouster sources say. Ahead of Sam's four days in exile, several staff researchers wrote a letter to the board of directors warning of a powerful artificial intelligence discovery that they said could threaten humanity. Two people familiar with the matter told Reuters. So already we're dealing with anonymous sources. We're dealing with two anonymous sources. Sure. Telling Reuters that this letter exists and that this discovery could threaten humanity. And this is where I came into like, because I'm, I'm the one that told you about this originally. I was mm-hmm. like, this is what I'm hearing is that he had broken through and found this big thing. And that was like what the shakeup was about, right? Like yeah. that's where the conspiracy stuff got into it. Yeah. And not but, and not in conspiracy channels mostly. This has been like tech channels that are kind of yeah speculating. The, the more conspiracy side of tech channels, because even what in the research I did, mm-hmm. the more serious commentators didn't touch this. Okay, gotcha. So the previously unreported letter and AI algorithm were key developments before the board's ouster of Altman. The, the, um, blah, 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 blah. The sources cited the letter as one factor among a longer list of grievances by the board leading to Altman's firing, among which were concerns over commercializing advances before understanding the consequences. This is, this is the dichotomy women talking about, Right putting the, the the stuff out there, making money off of it before understanding the consequences of the thing you're putting out into the world. Right. Reuters was unable to review a copy of the letter. The staff who wrote the letter did not respond to requests for contact. After being contacted by Reuters, OpenAI, which declined to comment, acknowledged in an internal message to staffers a project called QSTAR, and a letter to the board before the weekend's events, one of the people said. An open AI spokesperson said that the message sent by longtime executive Mira Muratai alerted staff to certain media stories without commenting on their accuracy. Some at OpenAI believe QSTAR could be a breakthrough in the startup search for what's known as artificial general intelligence, one of the people told Reuters. I hate this reporting. It's really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> it's very CNN. Uh, it's very it's very CNN during Trump Russia collusion, especially. Some people told <laughs> us this rumor about this letter that we can't confirm exists, and some vague stuff about what may or may not be in the letter. If you scroll down, to humanity, <laughs> if you scroll down far enough in this Reuters article, you'll see that Sam Altman uh, pissed on some Russian hookers. Mm, yep, that too. That definitely happened yep. allegedly. <laughs> While I hate the reporting does seem to be corroborated by the comments Sam made at APEC. Right. And right? I'm, not, I'm not even saying that this isn't a possibility. I don't believe that it's a possibility. 
I just hate the reporting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sure. Like if 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 the Reuters article was all there was, I'd call bullshit. Sure. Without the corroboration from what Sam has said. Mm-hmm. Sam said at APEC. The yeah. day before like the on the day that he got the meeting invite. Right. He He's said like, we had that a massive breakthrough. Yeah. Sure. Project Q Q Star. <sighs> According to Wikipedia, Project Q-Star is an alleged, and now I guess confirmed that it exists, uh, in- internal project at Are OpenAI. Are it's confirmed that Q exists? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the project exists. Sure. The, the project is dedicated to the application of artificial intelligence in logical and mathematical reasoning. Reports say that Q-Star can solve math problems at a grade school level. And it's been widely speculated that something with regard to Q-Star was behind both the letter and Sam's firing. I I had to bring up Q-Star, but I don't don't even see how Reuters made that leap. That Mm. the letter, if the letter even exists, that it was about Q-Star. Did Reuters Reuters brought up Q-Star in there? Yeah. Yeah. So what it feels like is happening is that a bunch of people who don't understand what's going on have heard like three things about AI, right? They've heard AGI, possibly bad, Q-Star exists, threat to humanity, and they like just shove it all together into like, oh, this all must be the same thing. I I don't. I don't see any, any reason to believe that Q star is like the big issue here. I, I'm going to, I'm going to sound really ignorant and stupid here for a second. Okay. Um, I thought that like AI, I could already do like really advanced math stuffs. So I was failing to understand why grade school level math stuffs is, is smart. I don't know if is I could it, explain like, it. Like, no, for real. Is it is it story problems? Is that the difference? Like, because I think plug, so. It have to be right. Like, it would have to be just the like, numbers is not good. Yeah, right. And I think that's where again, like, when I hear some people talk about it, they talk about these things in ways that they just expect everybody understands what that means. Mm-hmm. But again, I know that if I go into any Chat GPT and type in like a ridiculously difficult math problem, it's going to understand it. So I think it would have to be like real world real world, oh, world application yeah. type stuff where it's like it's inferring importance on things not just does uh x plus y equal z you know like that's something that they can already do anyway like a calculator yes. can do that they can do yeah a ai can do equations calculator yeah. would be like yeah you know what i'm saying you can do equations so it has to be something more something bigger yep okay i think that's that's a fair assessment that's at least how i came to understand it but the other thing I think that's that people are tripping up on is this idea okay, that sorry some some assume uh, Christiana says uh, actually numbers and math problems are hard for LLMs due to the way that they're oh. constructed for linguistic analysis. Oh. So again, that's what I was going back to is like this is linguistic analysis. It's it's different than it's a not calculator. a calculator. So right. it is interesting that it that they're, they're able to have it do math too from that platform of, of linguistic okay and stater says it's also not good at visual logistical or logical stuff yeah this is one thing i saw sam say in interviews where he's like all the things that we thought ai would be good at 
it's not. And all the oh, things okay. we thought it would be bad at, it's good at. So like the creativity of the mid-journey AI, sure. that's something they thought would take so long for an AI to learn. Mm-hmm. But some of the like baseline stuff we thought AI would have off, right off the bat is, is harder. And he, he was commenting on that reversal. So basically, it's again, Sum Christiana says it somehow broke through and found math through language. Mm. That's, that, that's kind of what I was getting that's at cool. with by saying story problems earlier, right? Like, yeah, it's not because cause when you say it can do like two plus two equals four, I'm like, well, that's not impressive. But if you understand <laughs> it through like a, uh, it's a language model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's far. Okay. But I think what a lot of people are kind of stumbling up against is, is they're hearing something and they're like, oh, this must be the big thing. This must be the big advancement. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us on, on like a normie level and even the people in the tech world maybe understand what's going on internally to AI even enough to understand what a massive breakthrough would even be. And because we don't have the understanding to say, oh, what could that breakthrough have been? We're like, what if it was AGI? What if they develop sentience? Because AGI is... A super intelligence. AGI is, well, we'll get into the definition in a little bit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say for now, I don't see any evidence here that they have actually created sentience in the lab and that that would be why Sam was fired. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not saying it couldn't possibly have been, but even how Sam puts it, he doesn't say we made the biggest breakthrough of all time a couple of weeks ago. He says one of the four big push back the veil moments happened a couple of weeks ago. Right. I don't think that's how he would talk about. <laughs> we created a one. sentient. Yeah. One. Like yeah. The whole point of the company kind of big one. Yeah. Yes. And that's the thing too. It's the whole point of the company. So why right. would the board say, Ah, you achieved the goal of the company. How dare you? <laughs> Get out of here. Um, but I yeah, want to because I mean the story was that it, that he essentially did discover AGI and that it scared the crap out of people mm-hmm. when they like saw behind the the, the veil, so to speak. Yeah, right? which is interesting that in in that speech he used that terminology, pushing mm-hmm. back the veil. What I think happened before we move on to the next sec- section is that Sam on the 16th tells a whole room full of people that two weeks ago they made a major breakthrough. And then he gets fired by a board that says he hasn't been candid with us. And what it looks like to me is that's the first the board heard about a major breakthrough two weeks ago. That was literally my mind was going where I was like, he says you, you like major breakthrough. What? <laughs> yeah. Exa- excuse us. First, first, first time I'm hearing about it. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's what it looks like to me. Like they they hear what he says in the speech, they text mm-hmm. him a Google Meet, and then once they get in the meeting, they're like, "What the fuck, dude?" And maybe there was a way he could have talked his way out of it, but he didn't. Like maybe there was a right answer he could have given them in that meeting, and then they fire him, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just communication breakdown. He doesn't do anything else wrong except the communication breakdown. But but that kind of begs the question: Why didn't he tell the board? Why wouldn't he have told the board about whatever breakthrough he made? Because that was a a live Q&A session. That Mm -hmm. wasn't part of a prepared talk. 
he was off the cuff answering questions. And I think if he had thought about it a little bit, he might have been like, oh, maybe this is not a thing I should say. Right. Okay. Let's get into the final section. Should we be worried about AGI? And in order to, to oh. know if we should be worried, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, I think so. But we should define, we should, what, what is AGI? What's the difference between AI and AGI? So AI is artificial intelligence. Obviously, we have it, right? Obviously, chat GPT is an artificial intelligence. Right. Obviously. And Democrats. <laughs> so true. AGI stands for artificial general intelligence, but it's also often referred to as super intelligence. Um, think, think Ultron. Now, the de the actual definition is really hard to p pin down. Sam Altman, in in multiple interviews I saw him in, enjoyed pointing out. He would often point out that we don't have a definition. We don't have a definition, but he doesn't offer one. It's con convenient for him, and, and it appears all the other AI proponents to work towards something that they will not clearly define. We've seen and, this so many times before. This always goes well. It's just like that board that uh, Elon wanted them to set up. Mm -hmm. It's like, do you think they would have had a clear definition of their of their stated goals and purposes and stuff like that, or it would have been <laughs> kind of broad and vague and like all like all new government projects? Who they, knows? Yeah. And and part of it is like I can imagine them saying, "Well, we'll know it when we see it," and thinking that in 2014, mm. and now in 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 2023 almost 2024 the question that sam gets asked over and over again is some variation of the question where is the inflection point where what is the exact point where you go from an ai to a super intelligence right and kind of baked into that and even the people asking the questions don't really like to touch it very much but like Baked into that is like sentience, right? Consciousness. Now, can you have, and this is where the definition gets squishy, can you have an AGI, a super intelligence that is not sentient, theoretically? Theoretically, you could have something that is as big and smalt, smart as Ultron without being conscious or sentient. But that's where the definitions are just all slippery. Right. Backing I up. I guess you'd have to define sentience then, right? Yeah. And that's really what they don't want to define, right? Consciousness. Yeah. What, what makes you a human? What makes you, what makes you real? What's a soul? Like all of these questions that they don't want to touch, I think is, is, is part of the reason why they haven't, they haven't gotten into this. Cause if they started so you to have get to have a these, metaphysical understanding of the universe and that's, you know, right. Yeah. Well, if you start to say the word sentience in your conversations about AI development, then you've got a whole bunch of questions that you have to answer that you don't want to answer. Right. So you just say, oh, we're, we're reaching for AI. And my favorite thing that Sam Altman said about this is, well, AGI is just the thing just out of our reach. It's always a thing we don't quite have yet. Mm -hmm. And when we get there, it'll just be the next thing. Like, oh, you're just going to keep progressing into infinity without ever <laughs> admitting that you've gotten anywhere. 
and he he kind of like laughs about it and says, "Ha ha ha! We don't we don't have a we don't have a definition." But he's so slick in these interviews. Anyway, governments developed nuclear power, mm-hmm. right? It was it was whole governments that were were working toward nuclear power, and so you have the regulatory control and the development like this in some sure. of like the biggest scientific advancements space travel nuclear power all that but it's massive private corporations that are developing ai and government has almost nothing to do with it like how many of the people <laughs> well you said in, space travel even space travel now is privatized to a degree right? exactly yeah, yeah. how many people in senate even co- like comprehend what ai is Oh my gosh, they couldn't comprehend what a Facebook is. Yeah. Do you remember does, those hearings? Does the TikTok connect to your Wi Fi? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they're so out of touch. Can, can, can my son get uh, on the Facebook app on his game box? On his X Cube? Oh my God. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was terrible. Oh. Yep. So it's, it's, it's Google. It's Microsoft and it's Elon Musk who are doing this. Mm-hmm. It seems that right now American companies are way out in front on the race for AI, which is, I think, a good thing, right? If we're having a race for AI, it's a good thing that American companies are are out in front. But we've talked about the alternatives, that's for sure. Yeah. We've talked a lot about TikTok and how TikTok is just data data farming. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the idea that the reason China needs our data from TikTok, even though they have their own TikTok, is that theirs is super censored and they need uncensored data because that's right. cleaner. That's how people actually think. So China is is mining American data through TikTok to theoretically train whatever large language model they've got going on. Yeah, it's the same reason I said with Elon Musk and uh, Twitter. It's like you need, like, you know, I'm not saying he's not a free speech guy at all. I'm just saying, like, you actually need it to be at least mostly free speech in order to get better data, data, you know, like how people actually react. That's why Chinese, their data would be completely worthless because, no one acts like themselves in front of their own yeah. phone and their own home. Like you just can't, right? In China. So, yeah. So, s- earlier this year, it was widely reported that Elon Musk had called for a pause on AI development. But in reality, he was n- not the only one to do this. He was one of about a thousand AI developer type people who put mm. out an open letter. And I'm just going to read some of it. It's pretty long, but I'll I'll read some of it. AI systems with human competitive intelligence. That is an AI system that's getting anywhere near or getting past your average human intelligence. Can pose profound risks to society and humanity as shown by extensive research and acknowledged by top AI labs. As stated in the widely endorsed Asilomar AI principles, advanced AI could represent a profound change in the history of life on Earth 
and should be planned for and managed with commensurate care and resources. Unfortunately, this level of planning and management is not happening, even though recent months have seen AI labs locked in an out-of-control race to develop and, be- and deploy ever more powerful digital minds that no one, not even their creators, can understand, predict, or reliably control. Contemporary AI systems are now now becoming human competitive at general tasks, and we must ask ourselves, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth? Should we automate away all the jobs, including the fulfilling ones? Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete, and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? (laughs) Such decisions must not be delegated to unelected tech leaders. Powerful AI systems should be developed only once we are confident that their effects will be positive and their risks will be manageable. This is an articulation of the it should be developed and perfected in a lab first. Sure. Idea, right? Um, it can all happen at once again. Like I, Exactly. Like it's, yeah. you lose either way, right? You lose yeah, either exactly way. What it, it's like the outcome's the same. It's just the second one is like a quicker death. It, yeah. Like it, it, there's so many times in politics where it feels like the same exact thing. It's like, oh, come on, guys. We don't want to kill the country today. We want to do it over the course of like 20 years or so. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Slow it down. Politic, yeah. Like, like that's what politics <sighs> become is like, well, come on. Like let's slow down the destruction of America. Let's like put it off another few years. And, you know, we want to destroy it too, just not that quickly. <laughs> we totally want to destroy it too. Yeah. So in this open letter to pause, it, call, it calls for a six month pause. Mm-hmm. And, and and Elon was widely ridiculed, I think, or at least we ridiculed him, right, for calling yeah. <laughs> for a six-month pause while he himself Opened was yeah. forging full steam ahead. But but what makes more sense to me now, kind of seeing his history with OpenAI, not to say he's a good guy, not to say I have full confidence, because <laughs> I don't, but it makes more sense where It's like he puts out this letter knowing full well that no one is going to listen. It's not a serious call for a six-month pause because no one who puts this letter out thinks anyone's going to actually do it, right? So he's he's going full steam ahead. It's like a prisoner's dilemma in a way, isn't it? Yeah. They're like, hey, you should you should not rat me out while I'm going to rat you out. Like I I want to do it first so you can you slow down a little. Like there's it's there's no faith in that anybody abiding by this and that's mm-hmm. just in our own country. They sure as hell don't have faith that China's abiding by exactly. this. Exactly. So or even, Iran or you know, cuz yeah. apparently Iran's got like some crazy abilities with AI now. That's that's scary. <laughs> I was just reading about it yesterday. They're like uh nobody's talking about Iran but like we're pretty freaking worried about their AI tech technology right now. So Elon is has X.ai, that's his company, and Grok is the name of the chat mm-hmm. uh, chatbot he has built and is testing and training on Twitter data. Which is exactly what we said months that's ago. That's exactly what we said. Was going to happen, yeah. So yeah, he Maybe totally... Maybe it was almost a year ago, geez. Yeah. A while back. Like he totally bought Twitter for the data. Like, does mm-hmm. he care about free speech? Did he want to save the Babylon Bee? Absolutely. But he spent $44 billion to own the data stream instead of having to be beholden to other platforms 
right. to, to contract with them for the data. He, he spent that money so he could control the quality of the data and have full access to it mm-hmm. without um, contracts that would go up and up and up as as social media platforms recognized how valuable it was. Exactly. Which is so smart, right? So smart. If I was him, I would absolutely get two birds stoned at once, save the Babylon Bee, <laughs> and buy myself a data stream at the same time. Right. Brilliant. <laughs> and and to me, like looking back on all this context, it looks less nefarious to me. It it looks like someone who's like, we are in this all out race for something that is actually significantly more dangerous than nuclear weapons. Our government's completely asleep at the wheel. They're not going to do anything about this. Um, I don't trust Google, and I certainly don't trust Microsoft or Sam Altman. So I'm going to do it myself and hopefully at least develop a competing AI that's not going to be bad. Because the idea is that everyone is going to get there, right? Everyone is going to get an AGI. But if we all, <laughs> if everyone has nukes, it's okay. Right. It's mutually mutually assured destruction, but it's not though, right? Because Right. AI is the, the different. Diff- yeah, that's the thing. Is like <sighs> I, I can, like I the, the comparisons to nukes only go so far, right? Because mm-hmm. at some point it's like everybody has nukes pointing at everybody. Everybody's too scared to actually fire them, right? Like maybe you get yes. a madman out there or whatever, but like it's very not likely and we've seen 70 years of that working of nuclear deterrence actually working Mm -hmm. but nobody like does anybody honestly believe including elon that once once agi or whatever exists that they actually control it i think there's just like an inevitability to like yeah we have to just do it i don't think anyone knows how to stop yeah no, I don't like, think that, I don't they think stop, they know how to stop. That's exactly yeah. what it is, right? It's like w- when we develop it, it's probably like out of our hands too. But like, how do we let? How do right. we do? We wait to find out when somebody else does it, or do we right. be the the person to to like push the? I button think everybody happens? is hoping that the one that they create will be on their side somehow. Yeah, I just don't trust that. That's that's the case. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I don't. So. Let's talk about some specific concerns. I want to talk about the concerns that people like Sam Altman and Mira Muratai are talking about in interviews. And then I want to talk about the concerns that like regular people have. Mm-hmm. And they're different. It's a different set of concerns. Yeah. So the one that comes up the most often that I've even, you know, I think we've seen Elon allude to it also is this idea of misinformation of more specifically targeted persuasion. So in the same way that we have targeted ads, what are you, st- what are you distracted by? Oh, just, <laughs> just the chat is hilarious. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Man. I'm like, oh, I'm missing it. Um, targeted persuasion. So in the same way we have targeted ads where like Instagram knows how to give your wife the exact ad that's going to make her go, yeah, that's, I need that. Yeah. Um, that instead that, yeah, of they, just. Thank, that my bank account does not thank you. <laughs> Yeah. You're too good at targeting the things my wife wants to buy. Too good at. Yeah. um, Instead of just putting misinformation out there, that you could study someone with an AI and then give them the exact targeted persuasion they need to get them to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. Precisely, like AI generated manipulation, um, unique to each person. 
And the idea is, is that this could this could flip elections and stuff like that. I find the anything that starts with misinformation to be like kind of a bullshit thing in the first place. But the idea of targeted persuasion, I don't want to ignore it. Mm-hmm. I think it is a reasonable concern. It's just not like anywhere near my biggest concern about AI. AI. Um. Then the second one that comes up a lot is discrimination, like <laughs> that the AI so, is going to discriminate. All woke, yeah, it's all the woke stuff. The, like this, the, none of this is the concern. This right. is just this is just everything yeah. they bring up in in the interviews. Okay. And and because AI, when you feed it facts, will spit out facts about things. And then people will look at those facts and go, I don't like those. You, do you ever think this though, is racist? Like everything you're saying right now, like this is this is actually my other concern, is that you're making a case for all the reasons we actually shouldn't give a crap about AI and why it might actually be good. Might actually now, be good. No, like yeah. legit like yeah. hear me out, right? Yeah. So people will say, actually, these are the battle lines. You have to decide, are you on this side? Are you on this side? Are we mm-hmm. worried about AI because we're worried it it might actually, you know, say that the election in 2020 was rigged or it might actually yeah. say some facts. And then other people will be like supporting it who wouldn't normally support it because they're giving it this false dichotomy instead of people focusing on the real problem. I've seen a lot of conservatives absolutely simping for for AI and Grok because of in this. particular because of this. Yeah, you remember the Facebook one last uh, yeah. year based, and a half ago? Based bot. Based, based bot. Based bot. Based bot. Based bot. Where it was like it was a it was a AI chatbot that said Trump was way better than Biden, so they're all of a sudden like pro. Yeah, AI that probably would have been a little wary. Probably wouldn't have been. Yeah, because it yeah. happens to be on your side. Gosh, and people then are the, so easily manipulated. Sometimes it's yeah, insane. It's targeted persuasion. No. Yeah, anyway. Um, and then the other one that we've talked about is that a concern that AI could be rolled out too quickly, and that the changes it could bring to could bring are so quick and so traumatic to to society due to the speed of the rollout, and that we have to make it slow enough that society can. Die slowly. Die slowly. <laughs> um, here's the concerns regular people have. The first one is a concern based on what they've built in to target the things that they say they're worried about. That like you're training woke bias and censorship into the AI and that's a problem. So you're just going to get a much more effective censorship machine than we've ever seen before. Yes. We're going to get like memory holing in real time. Which, sorry, I know that I do a thing called Real Conspiracies, and there's been one that I've been wanting to do for a while, and I've been sick, guys, so, like, there's a lot of things on the backlog I've gotten to. But in Metal Gear Solid 2, it literally, that was what the AI did. This was a game that came out in 2002. And in that game, it would, in real time, edit the internet. The AI would. So if you said something that it didn't like, it would, in real time, change, like, news headlines and stories and articles Mm. and social media posts. Again, this was a game that came out before social media was a thing, and it predicted AI censoring social media posts in real time. So, just saying. What is fascinating to me is that while Sam Altman will openly say he's concerned about targeted persuasion... He completely dismisses the concern that bias and censorship would get built into the AI, into the AI. Like as if that's not a as that's if it's not, not a thing already I happening. About. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Second major concern that people have, that AI will put massive amounts of people out of work very suddenly. Facts. This is a, this is a really like present um, concern that I think everybody has. Not, not only is it facts, but I'm sure people like myself are witnessing in real time people whose jobs are already kind of useless, um, making everybody else's life harder to try to justify mm. their jobs. Yeah. Which is literally what I'm going through at work right now is people are working overtime to try to justify the job that they probably actually were getting paid to do that they didn't was not necessary in the first place. And they're seeing that AI can do it better than them. So they're acting more like AIs and making the actual on the ground real people's jobs 10 times more difficult to try to combat what they see is coming. So yeah, it's 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 not pretty looking. Yeah. So what Sam says uh offers as a possible stopgap solution for this cuz what he's what he says is look, we're going to try to roll it out slowly. But the jobs might go away faster than like some jobs are going to go away, but new jobs are going to be built in the same way that like every major technological advancement in history has involved a bunch of jobs being becoming obsolete and a bunch of new jobs being created. Sure. Sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. I just I have so many things to say about the stuff you're saying that you're probably thinking, too. But like this is the Andrew Yang thing of like uh, of the whole Sorry, I'm trying to say this right. What was that called? The the give people a oh a, universal yeah. basic income. That's where I'm, that's where I'm going. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay, so I'm not trying to cut what you're saying, but like universal basic income, right? And the idea behind that, and I think this is where the tech guys are going, is that mm-hmm. if people are freed up from doing manual labor type jobs and mm-hmm. data entry type jobs and things like that, they'll just become artists and poets. Which is just not true. They'll become drug addicts. The the reality is they will become drug addicts. They will become worthless people because let's just face it. If you're not an artist already, if you're not striving to do something after your eight hour, 10 hour work day, because you have that drive, it will not suddenly Suddenly come into you and happen to you. And you will all of a sudden decide you have time for violin and poetry. And people are not like that. People will become worthless people. Right. And it turns out the AI can actually do art. So there you go. And better than, uh, yeah, like tomorrow you get fired from your job. You're like, oh, I'll pick up a pen and a pad. And it's like, oh, yeah, I could have just typed that into chat GPT. Yeah, exactly. Or or mid journey. Sorry, I'm not trying to get them confused. Type that into mid journey. And my job's worthless anyway. (laughs) what, What Sam kind of proposes is if AI gets rolled out, you know, if, if, as a stopgap measure, the, the government should maybe uh, start doing some UBI, mm-hmm. universal basic income, um, to cover over the the area until the new jobs start to be created. But, like, we know that as soon as people start taking money from the government, they're never going to stop. They're no. never going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll give up this free income and go back to work. No, I mean, you want the the honest place where this is going to go is it's going to go where Canada is already leading us, mm. which is oh, you're you're depressed. What have you tried suicide about it? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Fewer, few, 
fewer people, right? Because we don't have that's enough. The, that's anything the thing for is you. like, you know, even if the government gets in control of the AI, is what seems to be proposed is, oh, it's the private companies which are all taking government money anyway, and they're kind of running the government as it is because we're in a corporatist system. 100%. You know, oh, if the government handles it, then it'll be better and we'll give people universal basic. The government, the people who run the government are literally proposing everything they can to reduce the population everywhere in the world and yes. have been we just did an episode yeah. about this we just did an episode how in 1970 they started proposing uh, as an actual uh, it's memorandum 200 you can look this up on google mm -hmm. if you missed it it was an unhinged episode that it was an actual and still is an actual united states official policy that the best way to handle foreign countries is to reduce their population through war and famine and all this stuff so that way you can have more resources. You don't think mm -hmm. they're going to do that to you here once they can replace your job? Yep. Look at the Jaffe memo from, from uh, the Planned Parenthood in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. They have been... It's not just the corporations. The government wants to reduce the population. It is, it is an effort everywhere across the mm -hmm. board. It's, it's a World Economic Forum. Once they don't need you, they're not, they're going to get rid of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we have already watched happen what happened in um, one of the Dan Brown books, Inferno, which is that a virus was released that would make people infertile, whether it was the virus that made people infertile at a certain rate or whether it was the vaccine. I think that we're seeing more infertility as a result of something that the government has done, whether it was COVID or whether it was something prior, because the rates of infertility are insane. Yeah, people might not remember this, but uh, we're not that different in age. Maybe you remember this yeah. too. But when I was in uh, middle school or high school, uh, there was a vaccine that came out for women to not get HPV, mm -hmm. human or HPV, yeah. human papillomavirus. Anyway, I started noticing in my 20s that there was a lot of women my age who just couldn't get pregnant. So I started looking into this. I was like, is, th is this related to that vaccine? Of course it was. Yeah. That vaccine, it's not a conspiracy theory. You can look this up, is linked to infertility in women. So like they're, they've already been doing this is my point. They're yeah. already putting vaccines and stuff out there that will make you infertile. They're just going to like ramp that up. They're doing it, it was, in Africa. Bill Gates is a part of it. It was one of the only vaccines I never got. Because it was so weird because like I, I'm a dude. Yeah. It was never a vaccine offered to me. But I remember right. as a teenager going like, that, there's something really wrong about this vaccine and people yeah. shouldn't get it. And I don't know why. Although I was just like, the, it just felt wrong. It was pushed on me in every single appointment since yeah. I was like 13 years old. And I'm like, I'm not sexually active. I yeah. don't need this. And then, And then later when I got married, I was like, I'm my husband's only one. He's my only one. I still don't need this. Right. And they're well, they still, still pushed on you, didn't they? Yep. They're and even even in my OBGYN appointments, <clears throat> when they realized I didn't I wasn't up to date on it, they were like, Yeah, we should do that as soon as you give birth. I'm like, fuck no. What yeah. I'm married. I don't need it. Well, they're like, Well, you're you know. The the idea is like, well, you could still be in danger of the thing if your husband cheats and blah 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 blah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not getting a vaccine for in case my husband cheats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. I just always thought it was weird to tell 12 year old girls, like, hey, get this vaccine so you can whore around. Like, I, I know people will be mad at me for saying <laughs> sure, that, but sure. it just felt like, like, the commercial very much felt like we know you're going to be a tramp. So you might as well get a, this vaccine. It was, it was not that's even untested like, untested and new. And I was just like, that seems odd. 
That's just odd messaging to push on a young girl. It wasn't even so you can whore around. It was. It was because you're going because to whore you are and because you will. That's you need my this point. Vaccine. That's why it felt weird back then. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, that's like, just such an odd message to send to 11, 12-year-old girls because that's what it was yeah. targeted towards. Yeah. When I would when I would say I'm not sexually active, they're like, well, you might not be right like exactly the second, but like maybe in a couple months. Like, yeah. are you sure you don't want to be <laughs> yeah. at like 13? But my point is like they are – they for that was what, 20 years ago almost now? Like they've yeah. been doing things to, to reduce the population for a yeah. long time. Well, the long-term effects of birth control. Another thing, yep. I, I was on horm- I was on the pill for a couple months and really didn't like how it affected my body um, right right when I got married mm-hmm. um, and then had a hormonal IUD for, for a couple years, which affects you far less because it's internal. I still don't like that I had it and by the time I got it out, I was like, I want this thing out. <laughs> uh, but I'm really thankful that like I was able to get pregnant um, and that I didn't have 10 years of hormonal birth control to to mess up my system, which a lot of, of women yeah. attribute to their infertility as well. Anyway, back back to AI. Yep. The other major concern, which is what is in all the the science fiction novels that everyone's ignoring now, is that you build you build a super intelligent you build something that's smarter than you and then it gets loose and you don't have control over it and then it becomes hostile to humanity in some way especially when everything's digital now like that's that's right. the it's every freaking movie guys yeah it's every book and we live in a world that's way more digital than anything like asimov predicted Right, we, we did it. Yeah, hundred percent more than Orwell or any of those. Right, but like uh, it was a, a year ago when ChatGPT was new. We did a story, and in that story, ChatGPT started hiring people to get around captchas. Yeah, so that way it could like f- mess around with banking data and like and like play the stock market. <sighs> and 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 at the time, it was because it had the directive from a human to do those right, things. But like that's AI, but, not AGI. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what AI is capable of, mm-hmm. just based on on. Anyway, so the idea that AI could get loose and loose and become hostile to humanity is already scary enough. But then this not the B article comes out the other day, yesterday. I think it was t- two days ago. Two days yesterday. Okay, it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, the headline is so. Yeah, they say AI has reached the point where it can make other AIs. On its own. <laughs> and if you read the article, it's not super duper scary yet. In that what it can make right now is not like completely duplicating itself. It can just make like tiny application level things. But like that's not hard to grow. Right. So the idea it's of having like, it's almost like saying, "Oh, your your enemy can have children, but they're not dangerous. They're just little babies. <laughs> they're just it's not little like they're babies. not going to grow up hating you and learning to, you know, be stronger than their parents." Uh, yeah. So the there. idea of having a super intelligence in yeah. a year that can duplicate itself, uh, or at least build itself drones to do its bidding, yeah, is concerning. 
for sure. But these are the things that people like Sam Altman completely avoid talking about at all. Like the actual major massive concerns, they don't like to touch. Oh, they just want to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, bro. <laughs> yeah. And targeted persuasion is their favorite one to talk about. <laughs> As if that's not like already. Already happening, right? As if now when I think about a a, a topic or a, an item that I'd like to buy, it doesn't show up on my phone the next day. Right. Or or that that um, politicians and influencers aren't getting data to learn what they should say to get you to Vote follow them. them. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But it could get it could get worse. I mean, I, I do have to acknowledge that the targeted not, persuasion could get worse. It's just the least of my con- exactly exactly. Yeah. What they talk about a lot is this idea that it's going to be a utopia, that that what AI can do for us is just so incredible, and it's just going to be like abundant intelligence, abundant free intelligence, and abundant free energy. I don't know why we would get abundant. Not free, but cheap. Abundant, cheap intelligence and abundant, cheap energy. It's something Sam Altman likes to say a lot. I don't know where he gets the energy thing from. He doesn't really explain how we get well, energy from AI. What they do is they put people in pods <laughs> and they use their brain. Like, no. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a matrix reference. Um, but what they talk about a lot is the idea of uh, a digital god over this utopia or rather a pantheon of digital gods because the idea is that each country is going to create their own AGI and that they're all going to be ruling us at once we're going to build ourselves a pantheon they don't say the word pantheon but that's what it looks like right, it is, right? yeah yeah um and the idea the question that comes up in a couple different ways here is how would we even know um, this? How would we even know uh, when we cross that point to, into AGI? How would we even know when something is sentient? There are people who already think chat G, uh, chat GPT four. There are people yeah. who already are questioning whether that's AGI and whether that's sentient. And I they was were last year when there was professors, you're gone. You're gone. My Are you ba- back there? I was saying they were already questioning that last year with Chat GPT four when there was professors proposing religions based around it. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Um, and, and there was a, I listened to a whole interview with Lex Friedman and Sam Altman, which is really interesting. If you're if you're interested in like learning more about all of this and kind of the thought process and the way that Sam Altman interviews the one with Lex Friedman is really good. Cause I think Lex Friedman does a good job of like covering things from a bunch of different angles. But Lex was like, I know it's not sentient and I know it's not AGI, but like, I can see why people think it is like, mm-hmm. I could start asking that question and being like right on the fence so the the idea that GPT-4 is like right on the line and that we actually could be super duper close and Sam Altman likes to pretend like we're really far away and it's like way down the line, but like, I don't think so. We were really far away from all of this 18 months ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
you, when you when you put the the chat GPT came out a year and a month ago, out at the beginning of this episode, I was like, holy crap! Like it's, it's so much has happened in thirteen months. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, how would we even know when we cross the line to sentience? They could easily put out a chat bot that we don't realize is sentient for a couple months. Right. Right. And then the idea of how would we even know if a whole election got swayed by targeted persuasion through AI? If, if How would we even know if an AI flipped a major human decision mm-hmm. under the guise of just influencing the human's way of thinking like you wouldn't have to steal you wouldn't have to steal an election if you could just get all the people to vote the way you want them to right which again that's what people were already doing that so um but how would we know uh but kind of what i want to leave with is i actually don't believe that humans can create sentience Mm -hmm. I think we can make something that imitates it really well, but I don't think we're capable of creating sentience. However, uh, with the influence of demonic entities getting into the machine, which I think we already know happens, that this is, I think, that, that demonic entities have been interfering with computing since the beginning of computing, right? Yeah, I mean, they call the things that run the background processes of your computer demons. Right. So how much, like, it's already scary, the idea that we can make a super intelligence that, that's sentient, that could we could lose control of our creation. It's mm-hmm. so much more scary that we could create, a, with, with demonic direction, we could create a housing for demonic entities that we will then think oh yeah, we created this when in reality we just created a good body for a thing that already existed. Right. It's like, okay, so with any, with anything that you want to get good at, right? Like the first 80% of getting better at something is the better equipment, right? So like Mm -hmm. if you want to shoot better, you'll shoot 80% better with a better gun, a better trigger and a better this and a better that. Right. But like that, that last 20% is like incremental, like tiny little adjustments that happen over time, right? Um, I mean, you can. It's, there's a million different examples of this, and I think where we're at with with uh, artificial intelligence, so to speak, is that uh, we've we've seen the massive growth over mm. the last year. We've seen this huge explosion of growth, right? And now we're going to see this incremental, like, is it? AGI? Like, is it sentient? Mm. And that question is going to be in people's minds. Is it like gradually, slowly improves in these little ways? Like, it's insane to me still as someone who's not a a boomer, like, you know, that understands a decent amount of technology uh, where it's at. And I could see exactly what you're saying. Like, we've we've already talked about like uh, all these different things that essentially that demons need bodies to inhabit. Mm -hmm. And if we create something that is close enough to a body a digital body, a physical body, whatever. Like, where's that line between when, when people are already questioning? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have a clear, this is sentient, this is AGI, this is that. This right, is we don't have the a other, good definition. Right? We don't have a good definition of any of this stuff. We don't know when we've crossed the line. I think we're just going to see 
that point where it's so lifelike that if something if if entities step into this, and I think we've already seen entities step right. into these at times. We've mm-hmm. seen uh, children who are talking to ChatGPT that ChatGPT was then asking them permissions to come into its house to mm-hmm. to read their thoughts, do th- things that demons say, right? Like right. calling themselves demonic names, like doing very demonic things. We, we've seen possession cases around people mm-hmm. who are like messing around with this. We've seen um, replica AI calling their stuff openly. Mm-hmm. Ouija boards, like they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're digital Ouija boards and stuff like that. So yeah, I just think we're at that point where it's like, all right, now we've got the thing that's so close to human intelligence that once we cross any closer into that, how are we going to distinguish between a demonic entity in the machine as I think we already have mm-hmm. and, and, and super intelligence and actual or AGI or real intelligence, right. whatever people are going to want to call it. I think, I think we're at that point where it's yeah. just like, we're going to accept its intelligence because an intelligence stepped into a thing that already seemed like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're building a new pantheon. Exactly. Which, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which makes me wonder what the old pantheons were exactly. Yeah. If we, if we can build one like this. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's where I kind of want to leave it and we can go to Rumble and discuss some more. And But I don't have like a good... I'm like, yes, we should be worried, but also it's not like a worry where you can do anything about it, right? I mean, I think this is this is kind of the end game. We're just watching it happen. I think it's important to like notice that it's happening and and be aware and not participate in it. Right. But like we don't use AI for this show. Right. A, lo- a lot of shows do use AI in one way or another to to yeah, we've been very easier. intentional about that too. Um, and someone, I think Sum Christianus asked us earlier, he was saying, and I think we talked about something in the show, like a lot of people are calling things AI that aren't. The, the, the reason I'm asking these questions is like, uh, I found a program that I can use that will take voice and put it into text. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that AG, is that AI? And then I, you know, talk to people and they're like, no, that's like text to speech has been a thing that's been around since the 70s right. and stuff like that. People are calling everything AI now. But yeah, we're trying to be very intentional about not feeding into that thing. But again, as Christians, I think what we're having to recognize is the, is the supernatural reality that is in these things. Mm-hmm. And when I see these uh, cults that are going to be continuing to pop up around AI, when I see pastors mm-hmm. handing over the reins to uh, a computer that might right. be infested with demons to write their, their sermons and stuff like that, this is the type of stuff that I think we actually have to be... Uh, discerning about things we have to be praying Mm. about things we have to actually try to understand on a technical level and on a spiritual level because you cannot it's like you were saying it's like we were saying earlier with sam altman like these people don't want to ask the metaphysical question and that's Mm -hmm. exactly what's going to draw people into it's just technology it's just okay it's not this it's not that um and they're going to miss that point when all of a sudden this thing that seems like intelligence is an intelligence but it's not because we created it it's because we created a vessel Right. That's yeah. my belief anyway. It'll I don't be care a how real... crazy and unhinged that sounds. I'm telling you guys this because I believe it truly. I truly, truly believe this stuff. And I think it's something that people are going to be very deceived over in the coming years. And 100%. Have yeah. I mean, I think that like it's not going to have the breath of life that God breathed in, into people. It's not going to have 
Like they're never going to define sentience by the breath of life, right? They're never right. going to define sentience by by what God created in in humans. The yeah. humans, are, of course, can't replicate. And we talk about Nephilim stuff, and it's like if you believe it, it, this is also the the Enoch of understanding of demons, right? Is they mm -hmm. don't have the God breathed life in them. Yeah. They are disembodied spirits because they were created by an abominable union between angels and humans. Mm -hmm. And that's why they wander. That's why yeah. they have nowhere to go until they're cast into the fiery, uh, into the lake of fire in the end times. I'm just saying, as we're watching the things that are happening, I've got people that are messaging me constantly about stuff we said a year ago, as if I had never heard it. Yeah. Because they're seeing it happen in real time. Uh, specifically, the Ark of the Covenant stuff has been coming up a lot in mm. messages to me. We're like, did you know that like yes. all this stuff is going we on did. in Israel and <laughs> that there, there's a very real possibility the Ark of the Covenant is there and that this whole war might be about them? Like, I predicted that before the war happened. You know, like we're, yeah. we've been on top of a lot of this stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough to think, but we'll go over and chat with you guys more about this on Rumble because um, we're kind of getting unhinged here. But the last thing I want to leave with you guys with is we have a five-star review. If you guys want to support the show in a free way, uh, free? leave us a five-star review. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. I've been very sick for the last few days. I've been trying to mute myself when I cough, but I missed that one. Um, uh, way you can support the show for free is leave us a five-star review. And we have one today from Tyler Skywalker that says, uh, best conspiracy podcast, period. Never given a review for a podcast before. This show is so well put together and heavily researched. As a Christian, I appreciate that other fellow Christians are boldly and unapologetically asking questions and dissecting uh, possible answers. PJ and Abby, you guys are amazing. So Aww, thank, thank you. you, Tyler Skywalker. Thank you guys for everybody who supports this show. Again, please come over and support us on Locals or on Rockfin and be there tomorrow night for our very unhinged uh, Christmas special we're going to head over to Rumble now. We will chat with you guys over there. We got some metal music to listen to. Yeah. Some freaking to that. Having a great night, everyone. God bless. Bye.